Welcome to the curio shop. Hope you find what you're looking for. Good luck finding the gem today. When you've collected all 30 gems, click on the crown to let me know that you want to trade for the Webkin's Crown of Wonder. Until then, I'll see you back here again tomorrow. Happy hunting. Just kidding, welcome to Point of Dew. So I'm done now, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> I think that was your best performance for the entire podcast. Yeah, see you later. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, Justin, how are you? I'm good. I'm really tired, and I'm not really sure why. It could have something to do with the fact that on Friday night, I stayed up till 5 a.m., and I'm still recovering from that. But Yikes. Yeah, I'm just tired. Yeah. How about you? I'm good. I'm also tired. I worked a double yesterday, and... We were going to, so I woke up, we were supposed to plan the episode today at nine o'clock in the morning and I woke up at like 8.55, I set my alarm for that and I was like, oh, absolutely not. So I texted Justin (laughs) and I was like, hey, so 10 o'clock question mark? And what was your response to that? Bless. I'm going to go back to bed. (laughs) Okay. So we're both tired. What, anything fun? Because professionalism and timeliness is important on a Sunday morning. Yes, no. exactly. <laughs> I was going to be so angry with you that, oh, you didn't make it to our 9 a.m. meeting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you do anything fun this weekend? Um, I don't know. It was kind of uneventful. I, I went to mass with my grandfather because it was my, my grandmother's birthday is this coming Monday. So it was my grandfather and my, uh, my parents and my sister. My sister came back from school. That was good. I took a picture of my grandfather at dinner. He was sitting across from me at the dinner table. And he was sitting there with, like, his arms crossed. Not because he was grumpy, just because that's kind of, like, his resting position. And he kind of has, a, you know, a bigger belly. So there's just hands kind of resting on his belly. You know, that type of that type of position. Um, Doesn't he listen to this? Uh, I don't know if this grandfather listens to this. Oh, okay. I was thinking I, I thought it was Yin. You mean Yer? Yin is my grandmother. I thought it was Yer. <laughs> no, this is my other grandfather. All right. um, <laughs> but he was sitting mm-hmm. he was sitting there like that, you know, just enjoying his meal, listening to the conversation, and I all of a sudden my sister goes, He looks like the old guy from Up. So I took a picture <laughs> of him and then put it next to Carl from Up and it's it's just a very funny collage. Uh, I so. love that. I, I'm going to have to see that at some point. That's about um, that's about how exciting I think my weekend was, besides staying up till 5 a.m. chatting, because, you know, I like doing that. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I This morning, I think we talked a little bit about this, too, before we started recording. My bedhead, and I currently still have my bedhead that is now no, smushed down with headphones, but my <laughs> bedhead is either, either wake up looking fantastic or I look like I just went through a hurricane. And I feel like today it looks fantastic. I don't know what I didn't. I didn't it does. rush it before I went to bed because that would be silly. But I just woke up and it feels. I don't know. It just. I look great and I'm happy about that. You know. <laughs> Tell them what I look like. Tell them what also, I look like. It's specifically great. what I'm wearing. Specifically no, no, what you're no. Wearing. Okay, so Nick yeah. is wearing a. Before we started recording, he went to go get his AirPods, and I was just talking to our producer Dan. I said, "Wow, like I just feel we're so professional." Now, coming to this new year with this new batch of episodes, and Nick gets up and walks away, and I see he's not wearing any pants. So it's, I was like, yeah, we're so professional. <laughs> it is true. Breaking news. My pants are nowhere to be found. Oh, God. Let's do the episode. Um, <laughs> what are you grateful for this week? Oh, I didn't say what my, I didn't say how my week was. Um, no. mine how was are you, also, Nick? <laughs> mine was also pretty uneventful. Um. I did a few fun things here and there, um, one of them being the double that I did yesterday. That was actually not bad. My feet are singing, but my wallet is too, so it's good. Um, <laughs> I went and saw the movie Shout Out Claire, one of my best friends um, and moviegoers. We went and saw the movie Marry Me with Claire. J-Lo. And, yes, Claire. Um, 
we went and saw Marry Me with J-Lo and Owen Wilson. And it, the beginning was so incredibly unrealistic, but it was actually a really good movie. So I enjoyed it. And the soundtrack really slaps. Was it good? Because I've seen commercials for it and it seems like a, just a cute rom-com, yeah. right? It's a rom-com? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's honestly, it's not even that funny, but it's just like a <laughs> nice movie and it has great songs. I recommend Marry Me, the song. Uh and also, I can't remember any of the titles off the top of my head, but go listen to the soundtrack. It's really good. So I did that. That was fun. Um, I, yeah, I honestly, I don't think I did anything else exciting. I'm in a training at my current job, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so yeah, that was my week. What are you grateful for? <laughs> what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for food today. Actually, food and motivation. And I know that those sometimes sound like, you know, an opposite of each other. Like you need to be motivated to work out. And if you want to be fit, you don't want to, you want to be conscious of what you eat. But I've been trying to be more fit. And this has nothing to do with any New Year's resolution. As you, if you listen to that episode, I don't think I said anything about trying to be fit in the new year. But this is just more so for me. I'm trying to be fit. I'm trying to you know, run on the treadmill or ride the ride a bike for like 30 minutes and then just do some other like at home workouts that I have on my phone. And mm -hmm. that's been really nice. And also I've been eating really well. So I'm, I'm grateful for the food on my table and uh, my ability to work out to be fit. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Um, I am grateful for progress and I didn't have my, I didn't decide on that until we started planning the episode today and just seeing where I've, where I was seven months ago, uh, versus where I am now and just seeing like the little, there's nothing massive that's changed. Honestly, I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm a whole new person. I'm pretty much the same, but I just celebrating those tiny, tiny wins and those shifts, those tiny shifts, um, is really cool and that, this was the first time i really like sat down and recognized it um so yeah. that's cool and i'm excited to talk about them today it's the little things yeah i i feel that too so in our first episode of 2022 we had talked about we had to talk about relationships right because it was valentine's day and like how could we not in our second episode we want to introduce passport edition so with zach and I'm so sorry. What the hell was that? <laughs> Can we please keep that in? That has to go in there somewhere. I'm so sorry. That was <laughs> both disgusting and on brand and great. That's staying in there. Take two. I'm, I'm going to do this segue again. <laughs> so in our first episode of 2022, we had to talk about relationships, right? Because it was Valentine's Day and how could we not? In our second episode, we wanted to introduce Passport Edition, and we had Zach, who was a fantastic guest. I loved that episode, and we hope you enjoyed that episode as much as as much as we did. And I'm really excited about that series. But I think for this episode, Nick and I wanted to kind of check in with each other and with our audience, and kind of see, as Nick alluded to, how far we've come in seven months as people. Because when we started the podcast and very much kind of our anchor of what this podcast is, is anchored in who we are and where we are in our lives, right? We, or I had graduated in May of 2021 and I can't believe May is already almost three months away because then that would be a year. That's ridiculous. Nick graduated in May of 2020. And so we wanted to check back in with each other and see, as, as I said, as Nick said, the progress we've made since then. Right. Thank you, Justin. I was yeah. fixing my hair, so thank you for okay. um, taking that one on. Yeah, no, like like you said, when I um, pitched this idea, I was thinking about what the podcast is, and the podcast is anchored in a discussion between two people who are recent graduates navigating the beginnings of adulthood. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, and I feel like this conversation aligns very well with our mantra, too. Yes, it does. Well, this is the learning part. We speak our truth and we're learning our truth as we go. Um, so thank you, Erica, for that. Um, but to kick off 
this conversation. Yes, I am still living in my parents' house, and I am still a bottom bunk. Um, <laughs> Justin, where are you? You're not in your childhood bedroom, though. Because when we first recorded, you were in your childhood bedroom. I am in my oh, childhood Oh, that's bedroom. true. That's true. I am recording on the floor because I'm up, <laughs> we call it the bonus room. But my mom yelled at me for sitting at her desk. So the spot I'm sitting in in that behind-the-scenes video you guys got to see, um, I'm no longer welcome there. So I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> that's really funny. With my blue snowball microphone. We love a blue snowball. <laughs> yes. Sponsor but- us. What are your what has been your experience so far? Because now you've gone through also the you know living at home for a while after school, which was new to you at the time. Yes, um, yes. So I, as I said, I am in my childhood bedroom still. Yes, but I feel like this space has morphed into more than that. It is my childhood bedroom. It is also now my current bedroom. I don't sleep in a different bedroom just because this was my childhood bedroom. Um, it's also my home office, and it's also my podcast studio. So I feel like it's added meaning and morphed into something with a different purpose. And that has kind of helped me during this time where I am living at home, right? Like I'm making this home work for me as an adult now. And I feel like in these last seven months, I've kind of figured out even more because I moved back home in May. So during the last however many months that is, I don't do recreational math it's been a process of trying to figure out what that what's that like what's living with my parents like and i feel like i've done that well an example of that is i'm trying to figure out if i need parental permission to do things or like leave the house or what or whatnot right so i've kind of realized that i while i don't necessarily need parental permission i mean like my parents are obviously going to be worried about me I just need to kind of let them know what I'm doing or something like that. So it's just like, hey, I'm leaving the house. I'll be back at this time. That's fine. That's not necessarily permission, I guess, but it's something that I've had to adjust to because when you're in college, you don't need anybody's permission to do anything, right? You just go and do whatever and nobody really cares except for your friends and if your safety's in danger, <laughs> which my parents also care and they, they worry about my safety. But you know what I'm saying, right? I don't know if you felt that yes. when you got home. Yeah, no, it's definitely weird because similar situation. I don't need permission. Uh, honestly, I don't need to need really permission to do anything I'm doing because the right. the most wild thing I'm doing is going to see a movie at 1040. Like that's that is the most <laughs> wild thing I'm doing. Um, but I still ask as if I need permission. It's kind of funny. Right. Um, but my experience living, you know, at home um, has been for the most part really good. Like I... I, yeah, the idea of having my own place sounds nice, and I did for a hot minute have one, as you know, in Baltimore with uh, Rachel and Elizabeth, who were on episode 14, but this has honestly been really good for saving money just in terms of paying off student loans and also saving for a car. Those are my two like main expenses that I'm focusing on right now, um, and... I've mentioned this before, but working at the restaurant really, really, really helps with that. Um, Not in the way that I'm putting that money aside, but it allows me to put basically my entire check from the bank, the bank that I work at, aside, which has been really nice because that can then go to student loans and also whatever doesn't go to student loans goes to my car. And then working at the restaurant becomes my spending money. Um, So this is, I'm very grateful to have this place to live that my parents have allowed me to live here you know and not pay rent has been very nice and I'm very grateful for that um and I'm looking forward to buying a car which we've talked about before um I'm trying to decide now between the Crosstrek and the Impreza you have a Crosstrek they're both Subarus I, um, I do have a but I, if I, I didn't get, know that you were you, you do. were choosing you were you were moving away or not moving away from it but I didn't know that there was a debate now I'm not really moving away from it, but I'm like, ooh, the Impreza. So I don't want a sedan, but the Impreza is a sedan with a hatchback if you want it to have a hatchback, which is kind of like, it looks like a SUV, but it's a sedan. Um, so I don't know. It depends on, I do like the size of it, how it's a little bit smaller than the Crosstrek, but, and I'm sure it does better on gas, but I really like the Crosstrek too. So we'll see. I, maybe we should put a poll on our social media. I don't know. Um, <laughs> which car but, should Nick buy? 
Yeah, literally. I, I would honestly, like, no, that would be dumb to use that as, as my deciding factor. I think it's honestly going to come down to what's available and what is in my price range. I'm trying to get around, like, the 2018, 2019 version um, because I'd like to have this until, honestly, like, I'm not a big car person, so I wouldn't mind having this when I have kids, like, when I have little kids, obviously. Like, right. um, I'm not going to have this for, like, 20 years, but... Uh, you mentioned yeah. saving money too, and I feel like that is a huge. It's not even really a factor that I thought about too too much, only because I knew I was just coming home, and there wasn't really an option of getting an apartment. But I think that's a huge thing, right? Because we are saving money. Any money that would be going towards rent, towards utilities, towards you know whatever other expenses go into having a lease is not going there, and I think that is a huge factor that will help both of us when we do decide to move out is that we our income sure as part of our income will probably have to go towards our rent and towards utilities and housing expenses but we have some of those savings from the times from the years that we're living with our parents living at home that is helpful yeah it's been really great and like i said i'm thankful for the restaurant i'm not thankful um for the fact that the restaurant is closing i mentioned that on the last episode um that was a big, it was honestly, it was a one-two punch. I learned that I had COVID um, back in whenever I had COVID. It was like the middle of January. I was in my bed. I was talking to Claire and she goes, hey, did you hear so-and-so quit? And I was like, no, oh my gosh, why? And she was like, they must have heard that the restaurant's closing. And I was like, what? Like, that was how I found out. <laughs> so I was like, I found out I had COVID literally like, minutes before I got my results back and I think I had called her to say that and then I found out that the restaurant was closing um the restaurant owner of the restaurant I work at sold the location uh that I work at in Pembroke and he also sold the sandwich location but the sandwich location was purchased sandwich by... is a town in Massachusetts for those who don't know Yes, it also makes sandwiches, but that yeah, it it does not specialize. I feel like I need to clarify because some people are like the yeah, sandwich no, that location. was it's like your restaurant, but then also the sandwich location. Also, the one that we just make sandwiches at. No, right. thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. Um, the person who bought that works in the company that I work at now. So basically, what's happening is a lot of people are going to that company. Unfortunately, or yeah, that company and that location. Unfortunately, um, I. It's very far from, when I say very far, it's like 37 minutes, but that is, I commute 40 minutes to work and to the bank, and I don't necessarily want to be commuting 37 minutes to my side job, you know, like I'm already working six days a week. Um, so we were all offered to stay at the new, lo or at the same location that we work at now, the new owner who's opening a different restaurant um, offered us to offered anybody who wants to stay the option to but i don't know like a lot of my coworkers have become family members so i might honestly just pick up and sandwich i don't know i haven't decided at first when i found out that there were people that got invited to co go to sandwich i was you know hurt honestly because i was like i've worked here six years i've given i've been here more than most people and i've worked six and a half years here um but you know, I have come to the realization that I'm not on the schedule right now anyways. I only pick up. So inviting me there, like the people that got invites are on the schedule, you know? So yeah, it's not full time. Yeah. So like, it's like, hey, do you want your shift at right. this place? But right. I don't have a shift like and that's so and they're very, you know, I'm happy to just be able to pick up. So I, you know, I would like to pick up there. Um, and I've recently asked if I could, and I think that's going to be okay. Um, at because, sandwich. In sandwich. Yes. Yes, because, which is also going to be a new restaurant. They're going to, the woman who bought it is going to renovate it and make it a new restaurant. Um, so it's is not going to be the company. Is the chain that you work for currently, is that mm -hmm. like going out of business? Because there was one of those restaurants near me that closed and one, and I know another one that closed. So is that chain, do you know, going out of business or... I don't know. Just I, not right now. Not right now. He just sold, he's sold, you know, many of the locations and I guess it's our turn. Uh, but he, I know that the one in Plymouth is staying open. Um, and there's another one in Hyannis. So that is in the Cape and that's staying open for now. So as of right now, no. 
Um, I don't know the owner very well. He doesn't work in the location that I, or he doesn't work in any of the locations, but I rarely see him and I rarely talk to him. If I see him, I say hi to him and that's about it. So I don't know the answer to that, but I definitely want to continue. Even if I weren't to work in Sandwich, I want to continue working in this location in Pembroke if I, if, you know, if I don't work in Sandwich, just because I missed that income when I had COVID. Um, the restaurant I work at now closed for two weeks before I had COVID. So then when I got it, I was like, okay, that's another two weeks. Speaking of COVID, the pandemic, we're still in it. What has been your experience? Because we talked a little bit about this um, in previous episodes at work and just, you know, wearing masks. What What is the protocol at your work? I know you work from home sometimes, but... Yeah, so I have multiple jobs, but my main job being working at the hospital as a research assistant. When Omicron was huge, like the spike was at like still climbing, they wanted all non-essential employees to be remote. And since I was a research assistant, I wasn't doing any clinical activities, I've been working remotely. And there's good, there's pluses and minuses to it, you know? The plus side is I'm in the comfort of my own home. I don't necessarily have to dress up or anything. If I want to wear sweats one day, I could just wear sweats one day. Um, another plus side is if I have a relatively slow day, I don't have to sit at my computer at in an office and just refresh my email. I've, I've been in some positions where I've done that before. The downside is I'm a very social person. And so if I'm just sitting at my home office and not interacting with any of my colleagues or my supervisor or my boss, then it becomes mm, not the best in work environment for me because I love doing those things, right? I like interacting with people. I like having conversations with people, whether it be work-related or not. But I'm missing that when I work remotely. And so that's been something that's been a little bit challenging. While I like the work that I do overall, the day-to-day -day has been tricky. But you asked about how COVID's affected my job. I mean, you, you kind of started to answer that, though, because you, you know, you're remote because, you know, in part because of the pandemic. Your work really said to you, we need you in a space, just it's not this space. It's not this space, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but when I do go in, which seems to be about once a week, I just have to do the, the screening that I'm sure we're all used to of, do you have any of these symptoms? No. And then because it's a hospital, no matter what mask I come into the building with, I have to remove that one and take a mask that they provide. Mm. Um, I've been in spaces where I've had to do that too. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and in terms of working for the furniture bank, it hasn't really changed only in that we ask our, our the people who are donating furniture because we're going into their house sometimes if they would prefer us to wear a mask or not. I've been wearing one just because I that's what makes me feel comfortable. But that's what's changed. And if someone there's very limited amount of drivers that do what I, that are in the position that I do. So if one of the drivers gets sick, whether it be COVID or anything, then that kind of messes up the schedule because we're, we only do pickups twice a week and the donation, the donors are really high in terms of like the wait list of people that donate furniture and our clients of, are in high demand um, or we're in high demand for our clients. So that's been a little bit tricky. Fortunately, that's not my, that's above a little bit above my pay grade. What I do there, I simply just they give me a route, I go and drive it. But mm. that's been something tricky working for a nonprofit furniture bank. But yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, so I feel like when it comes to COVID, we, I, I, I personally, I, like I said, I'm no scientist. Um, welcome back to pseudoscience with point of view. Um, but. We went through, so last summer we went through our first summer with the vaccine, right? And restrictions started lifting and we were like, this is great. Cases are starting to go down. This is, you know, we're, we're seeing a sense of normalcy. I remember when we were allowed to not wear masks anymore outside. That was pretty shocking to me. And in a good way, not like a, it felt oh my weird. God, I can't. 
Yeah, I was like, like wow, this I came felt a like lot I was forgetting sooner. something when I would leave the house without a mask. I was like, this is weird. This doesn't feel right. I'm missing something in front of my face. Yeah, yeah. I it just felt like I when it happened, I was like, wow, I didn't think I'd see this day come. And obviously, I, I knew I would see it eventually, but I didn't think it was going to come that soon. Same with the vaccine. Honestly, I was very surprised when we had the vaccine as soon as we did, and I'm excited that we did. Um, I just was, I guess, pessimistic. I feel like. We took that mindset that we had in the summer and brought it into the winter, and it really screwed us over. Like in we terms really... of not having to wear masks and being just, just pretending the pandemic didn't exist? Well, yes, but also I think we took some of the appropriate steps and in terms of leniency um, during the spring and summer, but those steps were not necessarily great for the winter. Uh, and that's just because in the winter we're all more closely you know packed together inside you know whereas in the summer we can go outside we can do those types of things we're not at we're more spaced out um and it really shot us in the foot like when i had covid i still don't know where i got it from like there i wasn't able to trace it back to where i got it from and i genuinely like i knew more people that had it than didn't like you mentioned people in your family members or people in your family had it at the same time I had it. Um, I knew more people that had it than didn't, and people that were very careful. Um, I hadn't been to the restaurant in because that was where I figured I would get it if I got it somewhere. We've talked about this, but I hadn't been to the restaurant in weeks when I got it. Um, the garage door below me is opening, so I guess you could consider this um, my first family interruption of the year. Uh, I just had to throw you, that in there. You raise a good question when you said, when you compared kind of like the pattern of summer where it's warmer, we're kind of gathering in more outdoor spaces. There's a less likelihood of, of contracting it in a more out, in an outdoor space or well-ventilated space. But then when it's winter, it's colder, you're coming inside. Viruses just in general tend to thrive in in the winter you know like the flu for example it's always right. something that is, is more there's a flu season right i feel like in terms of will this pandemic ever be over that's kind of the question i feel like in a way we should talk about a little bit is like will it be over i feel like yes and no right i feel like the pandemic can become an epidemic and then eventually mm-hmm. hopefully there will be enough herd immunity whether either because there will be enough herd immunity either because people will unfortunately have prior infections or mm-hmm. they've been vaccinated. And then I feel like there's just in terms of vaccinations, it's just going to be an annual thing, you know, like the flu. Yeah. You get a flu shot and starting in, I don't know, October, right? September, October. I feel like that's what it's going to be in for COVID because I, because flu doesn't go away in the summer. It's right. just less prevalent right and i don't personally think we're at that point yet where it's like okay it's no longer this big pandemic like we're still very we're still in it and that's why i continue to wear a mask because there are people that can get it who well we can all get it but there are people who will get it and they're immunocompromised and won't have as easy of a time and can you know are more susceptible to death honestly because of covid Um, And how I picture it is like, you know, we talk about spikes and variants, I feel like all the time, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like the reason why I compare it to the flu is because I feel like the, the spikes in terms of the flu, the pattern in terms of like epidemiology, and by no means am I an epidemiologist, I feel like the spikes are in the winter, they start going up, right? And the variants we talk about is why we need a new flu vaccine every year, because there's a new you know, quote unquote, variant of the flu, which becomes the dominant variant of the flu every, mm-hmm. every year. So I feel like that's, if we can get COVID in that line of illness, I feel like we'll be in a good position. But again, I don't think we're there yet because there's still so much we're learning about this virus and there's still so much that it's still just, it's new and it's, there's people who are, um, as you said, you know, immunocompromised, that mm-hmm. this this virus takes a toll on, on, on those populations. So I feel like we're not there yet, but I, I feel hopeful. I feel hopeful. Yeah, I do too. My hope for the next winter is that we've learned from the first one. Um, 
usually usually we don't learn but you know if you don't learn from history it's bound to repeat itself right yes and sooner we're seeing it happen sooner rather than later Nick, you talked about in the beginning how you're doing a training for your job. And I just wanted to, since we are doing a check-in, I wanted to ask you, how is your job going? Do you like what you're doing? Do you um, do you feel like your, your education that Loyola provided you has, provide, has, has uh, given you a good foundation with your job? I, I, I've talked a little bit about mine, but I can talk about the ins and outs of it. But talk about your job. I'm curious to see um, what you think. Okay. So I do love my job at the bank. Um, that wasn't what I was saying no to. I was saying no to, do I think Loyola provided me with the foundation? Yes. Like I came in feeling prepared, but I'm still struggling with the idea that it was that amount of money that I paid to get here when the training, like the bank trained me very well in what mm. I needed. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show before, but I feel like there's the whole thing of sure in a classroom, you can learn a lot, but what you learn in a field actually within a position is going to be you know x amount of times better because that's actually what you're doing right i think loyola gave me the piece of paper to get myself in the door and i think that piece of paper was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> <laughs> which that's the that's the frustrating part um but i feel like just in terms of life right now i feel like I have a firm, if, if life is a rock wall, right, I feel like I have a firm hold on at least one of the rocks on the wall. I'm still looking for the other three um, to put my, I guess, hands on and my other foot on. Um, like, I'm 75% of the way to the car, which is really cool. I've never bought something that big for myself. Um, and I, the reason I haven't, like, I've been driving my dad's car. Um, he actually just bought a new car, but before that, my sister or I were driving him to work, and I would take his car to work. Um, but... We, I'm 75% of the way there, and um, I, I, I've been able to, you know, my goal is to not have a car payment. I want to just pay it off in full, so that's why I haven't bought it yet. When I say I'm 75% of the way there, I'm 75% of the way to just buying the car, um, which is really cool. Um, and in terms of, like, you know, that spending money that I talk about with the restaurant, I would like to, moving forward, I'd like to start investing some of it because I don't spend it all each week but I already have the money that I'm saving from my other job so I'd like to put it somewhere honestly maybe like not maybe it'll probably just be like something light like crypto and I'll become a crypto bro no I won't do that but um <laughs> well honestly my friend Tom um does a lot with cryptocurrency and that I I do really like my job I would say that you know the, my only complaint with it is that there aren't a lot of people my age. The person that's that I work next to that's closest in age to me is, like, close to turning 40. Um, so yeah. that's, like, a, like, the only, you know, negative aspect of it. But it's honestly, like, when I talk about my work, they're like, oh, people ask, like, oh, well, how far away is it? It's 40 minutes, and people are like, oh, that sucks. But I honestly really like that because it's the first thing I do in the morning is drive and that means the first thing I do is not sitting at my cubicle right like I get to wake up I get to listen to my music um I get to you know listen to self-compassion videos on YouTube as I'm driving uh and I really like that and I love the people that I work with too like the benefits are really good that's another nice thing like I feel like the bank really does care about its employees whereas I think everybody every company says that but not every company does um but the company has been really good to me, and I really, really like my supervisor. I feel very supported by her, um, where I haven't felt that way in every um, position in the past. I, I will say I felt very supported at Born This Way Foundation. I don't want to – that's not the company I'm talking about. Um, that was incredible. But I'm – you mentioned my training. I'm currently participating in teller training, like bank teller training, and I'm not going to be a teller. But I'm doing that um, to strengthen my marketing abilities within the company um, to see the different aspects. Like I spent uh, some time in the wealth and trust area of the bank mm, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a couple of weeks ago, um, just to learn, just to learn what I'm marketing. Because I wasn't a finance major. I didn't, you know, study banking. I studied marketing. 
Um, so that's what I've been doing. And in this training, like a lot of it doesn't pertain to me because I'm, like I said, I'm not going to be a teller, but I'm learning about different like bank disclosures that I'm marketing, but now I know exactly what they mean. And these go to compliance. So I'm not just like typing shit on a poster and just sending it out like compliance reviews these. Um, but I'm learning a lot about different bank accounts too, which is really cool. There is a lot more than just um, savings and checking. Mm. And yeah. I, I, I've been really interested by that. Um, You'll have to teach knowing me. my, yeah, honestly, like knowing my options is really exciting. Um, and it's cool because I think one thing, the major thing that we've struggled with in the marketing department at this bank, um, and a bunch of banks are struggling with this too, is getting younger customers. And But when you ask younger customers, college students or even high school students, why do you bank where you do? What do you think? That, I'm curious to um, see what you think that answer is. My parents did before me. Yep, that's it. And why change when your parents are doing it for you or set up your accounts for you? Like it's not, it's not something that we're thinking about. And I think that just has to do with the school system. We're learning a bunch of stuff in high school. I don't know if you've seen the tweets or it's like, why aren't we learning how, you know, to, you know, set up an account, like all of that stuff. Like yeah, we, there's yeah. not enough financial literacy and kids aren't interested in it. And when I say kids, I mean like people that are in their twenties too. Like I wasn't interested in it before I started bank, like working at the bank, but banks can do so much more than just, you know, hold your money for you. And I'm learning that now. And I encourage people to research the different services that your bank offers, but also just banks in general, if you want to switch. Um, and if there's enough interest in it, maybe we can do like a financial literacy episode in the future. Maybe when Absolutely. I'm, you know, well-versed in it or better versed in it, or if we can get a guest who's um, better versed in it. But yeah, so that's that's been really cool. Um, that And that's what I've learned a lot about in the past week at this training. Um, that's really cool. And it's good. I would say good for you, too, because you're in the marketing department, right? You're not necessarily going to be a teller. You're not necessarily going to be in right. the wealth investment sections of your company. But I think right. you and I value uh, empathy, I guess you would call it, or just kind of yes. meeting people where they are. And I think if you're going to market on behalf of the bank, it's important to understand the different departments and the different sections of the bank to be able to, you know, lack of a better phrase tell their stories in your marketing yeah and and uh, i think that's all, great all to do that training um, yeah just well, to marketing, see. sorry i just said marketing marketing is all about storytelling um obviously telling true stories if you're good at marketing um but i and honestly working at the bank is what made me start thinking about, okay, well, I have this like little bit of spending money each week, but some of it just sits there on my debit account. And that's what made me want to, oh, maybe I do invest it in some cryptocurrency, which I, I could just put it in an account, you know, and let it create interest. But this is, we're talking a very small amount that would not necessarily be compiled each week, like, or compounded, like, it, or I don't see, this is what I mean. I don't know all of the correct terms, me neither, but yeah, yeah but it was just a small amount and it's my spending money. So it's fun, you know, so that's, but this training has kind of led me to like, why am I just letting it sit on my debit card and not do anything with it? Um, so right. that's been exciting. And I've also, also um, kind of shifting a tiny bit. Um, I've recently been re presented with the question, do you need to love what you do to be happy? Um, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on that first. Yeah. So I feel like the person that I am, I'm going to put 110% in no matter what I do. And I feel like that also includes my job. And if I'm going to invest that much time, that much energy into something like a career, I feel like, yes, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Because if you're not, then it's just going to be a drag, right? You're going to get out of bed. You're going to, you know, go on your, you know, for for you example, say you're going to go on your 40 minute commute and it's going to be a drag and then you're sitting in your cubicle. That's going to be a drag. And then you leave at five to five o'clock afterwards and you do it all over again for four more days. And that's not necessarily life giving. And so I think that for me, the answer to that question is yes, whatever I'm doing, I have to be passionate about because if it's not there, it's not worth my time. And there's so many people, different people in this world that will find things that I'm not passionate about. And, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? And so I think, yeah, and 
I actually wanted to bring up the fact that I've mentioned that I am a research assistant at a hospital. I've mentioned that I work for Furniture Bank, but I'm also uh, in the process of being hired to coach tennis at my former high school this spring. So that's something else that I'm really excited about starting because that's something I'm passionate about. I've mentioned that I've been playing more tennis since being home, and but being able to kind of be on the opposite side of that, take my knowledge of tennis as a tennis player and give that back to some of the students at my former high school, I think is going to be really exciting. So I'm really excited to start creating a tennis program at my school um, because I feel like there's a there's a you know middle school team, there's a JV team, there's a varsity team, but they haven't really been coherent in terms of development as a player. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to be coaching the middle school guys. It's an all boys school, um, but I'll be coaching the middle school guys, and I'm really excited to kind of be at the beginning of that program, be the foundation, and we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I think that's really important. And my jobs, as I said, sometimes the day to day, like the day to day is really slow, but overall the work is important. That's something that I've kind of realized is okay. This is what I don't like about my current positions, which is almost, I think just as important as understanding what you do like in a position. And that's kind of the information that I'm taking and propelling me forward to figure out what comes next for me. Yeah. Interesting. And you mentioned, um, how some people who might love one job, other people might hate it. Um, I think perfect example, working in a restaurant, like I, for me, it's life giving, but a lot of people find it soul crushing and they haven't even done it, but you know, right. but I, that's why I stay there because I'm, I love the people that I work with and I really enjoy the job a lot. Um, but I, I've, I think I've offered this before, but for people that don't necessarily love their job, obviously you don't want to be miserable, but I view work as what allows me to do what I love and not necessarily what I love itself. So the work isn't necessarily what I love, but it allows me the funds to do what I do enjoy. Um, I, when I applied, you know, at the bank or when I took the job at the bank, I didn't take it because I'm passionate about banking, right? I took it because I was passionate about never having to use Indeed again. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I'm serious. Like I, jobs were really hard to find at the time. Um, jobs are opening up now more, which is great. But at the time it was really hard to find it. And I was like, okay, this sounds like a good company. I'm passionate about marketing. Like it's not my, you know. I, I like aspects of marketing, but again, it's not like I don't jump out of bed every day and say, how can I sell something to someone? Yeah. <laughs> like I've never done that. Um, but if it gives me the ability to do what I love and what I love is, you know, going to movies with my friends, um, going out to dinner, being with people like I am an introvert in terms of the way that I get my energy from being alone. But I, when, I, when I'm charged up, that is the stuff I like to do. Um, I, it's like that work hard, play hard mentality. Um, and it's finding that work-life but, balance that we've talked about so much on here. Yeah. Yes. And I've also, like, I've I've said this uh, before, too. No, I don't know if I have. I've said this, but I haven't said it on the podcast. I have had this fear in the past, and b- this was before I worked with Born This Way Foundation, um, when I was considering, or when I was, con- or discerning when I wanted to take the position. Um I was afraid that work might overtake that passion. And what I mean by that is I love Lady Gaga and she's a, an escape for me, right? And a pleasure. Um, and I was afraid that it was going to become a chore, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so I was afraid of that happening. But honestly, I don't – it didn't happen. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I guess you can enjoy – what you love and there's some truth to the saying if you enjoy what you do you'll never work a day in your life yes um but I'm it also striving towards that <laughs> yeah but i will say also i wasn't like directly overlapping with like i wasn't like for example working with lady gaga's music or her music like i wasn't doing the entertainment side of it so it wasn't a direct overlapping so maybe if it had been maybe that would have be- become a chore for me um but yeah, so that's that's something else that I would offer. I have different, as you can tell, different sides to this argument, and it's and I feel like some of them are unconventional, just in the way that I've never heard someone advocate for doing something that you don't love. 
before. But that's not necessarily what I'm doing either. That's a drastic um, explanation of what I just said. Yeah, I feel like you're saying that life is all about figuring out what you like and what you don't like and what you enjoy. And you're kind of, it, you see it as almost stepping stones, right? Like mm -hmm. if you don't like what you're doing right now, the first job you get when you're out of college is necessarily going to be the job you're going to stick with your entire life, right? Mm -hmm. Or going to be the, even maybe even the career that you're going to go with. But it's a stepping stone. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, some sort of income after college, especially as you said, had mentioned how expensive it can be. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the end all be all. And I think that's a really good point. Yeah. So, thank you for bringing that up. Um, I, in You're the welcome. last couple of minutes of the episode, I want to talk about friends because we talked a little bit in the past about what's it like to make friends after college right because you have all those structures in place where you have the clubs and organizations that you're a part of and that's how you find people with common interests but when you're in the real world it's like okay you have your job but you know I work remotely a lot so it's difficult to make friends there you have made some friends at the restaurant assuming similar age there which yes. is nice um, similar interests there, especially you've talked about Claire, but at, at, at the bank, it's a little bit trickier because the people aren't necessarily the same age as you and different stages of life and all of that. So right. I want to ask you, how have you, what is your friendship? What have your friendships been like? Have you made new friends? Have you more so just kind of maintained older friendships? What's that been like? So it's funny, the only real new friendships I've made, aside from the new, like when the Cedarville location of the restaurant closed, a bunch of them came over to the Pembroke location that I currently work at, and I've become friends with them. But that wasn't like me going out and finding friends. That was just new people came in, um, they've been with the company for years, and they're my age, and we've just all got along super well, and it's just the family's grown. But other than that, I think the only friends I've made are online like i met um one of the interns after me at born this way foundation when i went to new york when i was invited to the tony bennett lady gaga one last time concert um and i did i say her i met her name was or her name is annie um and she's incredible and i you know i talked to her um basically through instagram but same with like i have a friend matt who i met at the lady gaga show in vegas like i talked to him through that i keep up my friendship with Nick Staker, who was on episode 13. That's almost entirely virtual. We barely get to see each other, but we talk to each other once a week and play Monopoly. Like I have just like various different outlets of friends. Like I don't, and I also hate crossing friend groups. Does that, I don't know if you like doing it. that or not. I, love I don't it. like doing it because I feel like, I Is don't know. Why, I feel have like you've been the gatekeeper from me seeing Tom. Is that why I haven't been able no, to see Tom see, since you graduated? No, 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 no. <laughs> I've mentioned that we've had this conversation. I consider that to be the same friend group. That's like a Loyola friend group. Um, but it's just, I mean, I guess now they're two separate. But like we all, the three of us have hung out before um, in a larger group at school. But no, I just, I feel like at that point you become the like, you meaning myself, become the like the host in that whether what no, no matter what you're doing and it becomes your job to like make sure the groups are clicking and that's a very stressful thing for me um i just drop my friends in the middle of a situation and just let's, let's see how this plays out you know like <laughs> right and i'm happy to be that friend that's in the group and doesn't know the other friend example lauren like i met lauren through you and now i consider her a really good friend um but i would find it very stressful to be you in that situation and have me on one and then Lauren and not know each other. So that's a very, I hate that position. I think it's interesting you talk about your virtual communities because I don't really have any virtual communities. I've maintained virtual friendships and I am maintaining virtual friendships right now, but they've been people that I've met in person first like i don't mm -hmm. think i'd be able to go into some sort of virtual community whether it be a facebook group or you've talked about your big brother game that you have, oh yeah I think, over text or instagram or something like that i don't think i'd be able to do that because i don't know who these people are and maybe i'm i have a fear of being catfished you know i don't like creatures of the deep <laughs> yeah so <laughs> um i think that that's something that's really interesting and maybe we should we could 
do an episode on that on just the virtual communities there but also i think you touched on i the mutual friends like i yes. feel like i've met more people through others in the area that i know like mm-hmm. i've met people through mary like mary's at boston college right now and i've kind of met with her right. friends um with lauren i've met some of her friends through that and let me point Shout out, out they're Megan. both they're both in school yeah it's kind of interesting so they're making friends and they're at school and they have those structures again you and i don't have those structures so we're leeches we're mooching yeah, off we're, their friendship mooching off of our friends who are in school <laughs> <laughs> um i'm still waiting to meet your friends but um, you can. No. I, see, that's, that's not the point. I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to keep anybody separated. It's just like stressful for me to be that person that's like throwing no, people into different friend groups, and I don't think that's that uncommon either. No, I don't um, think it is either. But yes, eventually. I mean, like I said, I want to have Claire on this. Just to use her as an example, I want her to be on this show as a guest, and she wants to be on this show as a guest. And we, the topic of you know what your server wants you to know would just be really that funny. would be fantastic i would love to be well i don't know how much i'd be able to contribute but i'd love to facilitate that a lot conversation. You've, <laughs> if you've been to a restaurant before i think you can contribute a lot okay soup of the day type of guy remember that yes <laughs> anyway i i liked checking in i think this was good uh i think it's important to check in with each other and you and i do so off air but it's it was fun to nick and i listened to our very very first episode in preparation for this one and i think it was interesting to hear not necessarily podcast content but what perspectives we had back then versus you know seven months later that was here perfect. we are <laughs> that was perfect Whoa. thank you i should have done that for the impressions episode <laughs> i know that was great thank you i appreciate that um anyway my name is justin too and I'm Nick Gervasi. And you can reach us at our email, pointofviewpodcast at gmail.com, or by sending us a voice message on our website, anchor.fm forward slash pointofview. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at pointofviewpodcast, and now Twitter at pointofview. If you enjoy our show, give us a rating or review in the Apple Podcast Store, or share us with a friend or family member. We'd really appreciate it and are truly grateful for your support. As always, we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. And until next time, We have believed that we could make it through. That's how we got this high. Never looking back. No doubt. Count us all together, counting them together